Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of AusBiz. Our goal at AusBiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Osbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 25th of March. Pleasure to have you with us on this Thursday afternoon. Wow, this week has gone by fast. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Mr. David Scott, Scotty, how are you? Ms. Blaney, it's, uh, it's good to be here. It's, uh, it's not just a quick month, quick day. It's been a quick year so far. It's <laughs> like it's the first quarter's almost done. Where's, where does life go? <laughs> yeah, well, we're getting older by the day. Uh, Wiser, I'd like to say. Yeah. Now, the market today, we talk about, quote unquote, the market, perhaps a bit of, of quarterly rebalancing, impacting sentiment out there. Interesting to note that we did see a positive finish for the XJO, the S&P ASX 200 finishing up by two tenths of 1%. That belies what happened with ASX, the listed entity. Of course, it came under a bit of pressure today after we learned that the ChiX 200, so the competitor in the uh, market space here in Australia, was bought up by CBOE. So yeah, that's that's a bit of a, a change in the landscape here in Australia. Um, we'll be speaking with CBOE early in the morning tomorrow, 9 a.m. around about there, to get their take on why Australia was ripe for them to move into. I digress, though, Scuddy. If we take a look at some of the big movers today, we did see Resolute Mining. Wow, that's a bit of uh, yeah, a crimp in their plans, you've got to say, in Ghana. <laughs> a crimp. That's one way of putting it. Uh, sovereign risk. That's that's the way I describe it. Uh, first and foremost. But uh, wow, we what a shellacking! It was certainly a shellacking. A city though coming out and saying that it will likely be able to meet its debt repayment obligations without the need to raise capital. Uh, but you know, it's a real live issue in terms of sovereign risk and also potentially geopolitical risk as well. On the flip side of the equation, we saw Polynovo looking pretty good. It signed an agreement with Premier Inc. And that has seen its share price go really well today. Not to mention we saw an upgrade to outperform coming through from Macquarie. Its price target lifted $16 to $3.20 per share. It's uh, sitting at $2.99 to finish this Thursday session. Uh, so, yes, there were some corporate-specific stories. We had some results coming through from the likes of Brickworks and, as well, uh, what always goes along with it, uh, Washington H. Soul Pats. But there wasn't a whole lot else going on there out there today, Scotty. No, it was uh, 
Look, it was really strange lead from Wall Street as well, whether it was that quarterly rebalance and the window dressing side of things. But we saw long bond yields come down, and that would normally support the NASDAQ and uh, send it higher. But the exact opposite happened. So it's a, it's a bit wishy-washy. I don't really know how much we can read into the price action mode, but it is interesting to see what's going on. Even we saw Bitcoin down quite heavily today uh, in Asia. So I just wonder whether potentially uh, some of those uh, you know, retail uh, fan favorites on Reddit and other uh, platforms, maybe uh, people are losing uh, interest or maybe they're just losing money. Uh, who knows? But uh, certainly that enthusiasm that we saw for that space uh, isn't anywhere near as hot as it was only a month or so ago. It's funny you should mention that. I'm just checking out Airtasker's share price um, right now because that was obviously a massive, massive uh, debut for the company coming off by 22% today. Yeah, and it got absolutely bit up massively yesterday. So, yeah. look, I think everyone is there. Like, you can see the potential for, uh, for it to go and get to an, uh, a very dominant position, but uh, it's got to get there, and that's, of course, where the other uh, risk is. There's other uh, similar entities out there that offer similar services and uh, platforms. Yeah, but uh, the volatility is still huge in uh, that stock. And it's like, yeah, it's well, it's just commonplace at the moment. Yeah, and it's just to pick up on your earlier comments, uh, I had a chat with uh, Mohammed El Aryan at Allianz. He is the economic advisor to the group. Um, you know, really along those lines, he said that the fall in the NASDAQ, so what he sees, he sees that U.S. markets are technically vulnerable because he says that retail investors are not turning up in size and enthusiasm. That's causing some real concern. He puts it down to three factors. One, the fall in the NASDAQ. Two, the fall in some of those companies that have been fueled by the Reddit craze, you know, speculative investors, the GameStop phenomenon. And three, he says that stimulus checks, we all made this assumption that they were going to find their way right into the market. He said, actually, a lot of them are being spent in the real economy as we start to see those states opening up. So he just says, put all of those factors together, the willingness and ability of the retail investor to continue turning up time and time and time again to buy these dips has been diminished. Yeah, uh, and I hate to say I told told you so, but I'm going to say it because uh, everyone's talking about the uh, the amount of uh, you know, retail activity and how it's going to be a new dichotomy. We're going to go a new tangent and everyone's going to be the day trading, Davy J trader and the like. It's never going to happen. We've seen so many times like this before where you have retail frenzies, retail craze over, uh, over the internet uh, when it comes to stocks. And then all of a sudden it just dies down. And it's happened time and time again and often leads to quite a savage correction. A lot of money being lost, a lot of bag holding taking place. And uh, I suspect that uh, we get another backlift in, uh, in those yields. Wowie, it looks very vulnerable. I agree with uh Dr. Orion. He says that he expects yields to continue to drift up, but it will not be linear. He says that we'll just have these waves of moderating influences mm. on bonds. If you'd like to listen to that interview, he tells uh, us why he thinks now is the time for active management and why he is worried about the Fed's credibility going forward. Uh, look, there's another couple of interviews that you can access via the show notes that I think you'll enjoy. Uh, one of which is from Mar Marcus Bogdan, who is CIO at Blackmore Capital. So he gives us a couple of picks, as does uh, Tim, good old Tim from Catapult Wealth, Tim mm -hmm. Haslam. He's got uh, Tim's terrific threes. The trifecta. The trifecta. Okay. Uh, I should have uh, mentioned that Resolute Mining was the stock of the day. Kashi sat down with his guests on the call to talk about, I suppose, the prospects for the company going forward, whether it's a buy at these levels, uh, down 27% to finish the day. Here's what they had to say. 
the the whole thing about the Bibiana sale was the one hundred and five million dollar sale, and that would have deleveraged the the balance sheet. Um, the problem with this sale now is not only what's happening in terms of the government over there with this mine license, but also since that sale was announced, we've seen the gold price falling by about seven to eight percent. So you'd think that you, if you were the Chinese buyer, you'd be doing anything to probably get out of this sale yeah. or at least amend the terms of the sale to a, a better price. So that doesn't put Resolute Mining in a great spot. What it does mean is that it is much more dependent on uh, Sayama. And that means that at Sayama, if you do see an increase in terms of costs, there's always that possibility of a capital raising that will be right. hanging over the stock. Okay. You know, they're, they're a fairly low cost producer in a way. I think it's about $1,000 US um, cost where, you know, the gold price is closer to about 1800 But yeah, beyond that, they've, you know, it looks like they're gonna miss out on this 105 mil that they were expecting. Um, yeah, you know, the gold price isn't heading the right direction either. So yeah. um, I just think it's one of those situations where yeah, you don't need to be there. We've seen Macquarie cut their target a dollar to 55. I think City went from 90 cut. to 75, right. not as big, but it's, it basically demonstrates um, that yeah, it was a big deal, okay. um, that amount. So. Okay, so that that is not going into the portfolio, not going anywhere near the Osbiz portfolio. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad that we don't run that hypothetical hedge fund because after such an abrupt fall, I'm not sure I wanted to be adding to, uh, to a hypothetical short <laughs> after the fall we saw today. I reckon it's just prone to bounce. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we don't have that hypothetical uh, investment vehicle. That you dream about at night. Okay, uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, folks, but uh, Scuddy is going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus. He is uh, going on leave for about a month or so. So we will not be hearing or reading all of Scuddy's views. I usually say you've got to sign up for the newsletter to get Scuddy's view in detail. But, um, you know, why not talk about it today? Because this is, I know, one that you've been thinking about for quite a while in terms of migration and the conversation that we, well, why do we need to have the conversation now, Scuddy? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a look. It's a very divisive debate in Australia, and uh, I don't know what the answer is, and, and uh, I, I doubt our politicians know. But uh, I think we need, as a nation, to have a discussion about what the appropriate level of immigration is. Now, I'm confident I'm sitting here talking to someone who migrated to Australia. Many of the people who work in this office migrated to Australia, and uh, we're better for it by far. But uh, on the flip side, I know that all of us who are already here now and where we're living day to day, the more people we pile in. It creates lots of uh, problems. We know that overcrowding, we know, you know when it comes to access to public services, and we know about housing affordability and things on those lines. It's not the only factor behind them. But I just think as a nation, coming up to a federal election, we're at the start of an economic recovery cycle. Can we go and uh, do better with what we already possess? Can we go and find productivity gains? And I'm not talking about... Oh, God, Scotty, how long have we been talking about productivity I'm, no, but I'm gains? Not talk- yeah, but this is the thing. Like, no, we need some brave politicians because... Where do you see them? Where, where do we see? Well, technology <laughs> is... No, well, no, where do we see the brave politicians? I just was chatting with somebody at lunch about this. Mm. You know, it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty dismal prospect to pin our hopes on 
any type of um, reform or leadership at this stage of the game. Yeah, but it's it's really lazy policy just to go and pile more people in because that's really easy to go and create demand by just creating more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other uh, side effects, it's a, that's the one thing that you know we need to go and weigh up as a country, you know, the pros and the cons and come up with an appropriate level because uh, for a long period of time there, it really irked me that particularly the government uh, of the, the current day would go and get their charts and they'd go and put them up and show, well, look how much better we are than all these other countries. It's like, well, heck, mate. We're growing with a population like growth like mm-hmm. two and a half, three times more than what is. No wonder we're growing faster. Is that is that really improving the day to day lives of us who are already living here? I'm not not sure. Yeah, so it's a conversation about big Australia. Um, obviously, these debates are worth having, but yeah, back to your point about productivity. I mean, even when we talk about skilled labor shortages, we had a conversation today with Sarah Hunter from BIS Oxford mm. Economics. You know, what can we be doing in this country to be utilizing our assets better, our, our, our people better? And how can we bring people into the country that will, um, you know, that will add to that productivity as well? Yeah. And that's a key thing to go and get the right people who are you know, required to go and help with the other skill shortages that are there. But the other thing as well is that uh, Australia has way too much bureaucracy. Let's be face it. We don't need three layers of government for a country of 26 million people, 27 million people, whatever it is now. But it's just, it is ridiculous the amount of red tape and how difficult it is to go and do anything in this country. Make it bloody easy to go and function society. That would be a good start. If you want to see productivity gains instantaneously, step out of the bloody way. Well, that is a view for another day, isn't it? Okay, uh, listen, we will end that conversation there. Scuddy's view is available in the newsletter. Scuddy, tomorrow, well, we've got a whole raft of Fed speakers tonight. We've got the jobless report. We'll hear from the BOE. We'll hear from Christine Lagarde. I think. They're taking place in a virtual summit, no doubt. Some <laughs> virtual summit somewhere. In, in, innovation in central banking. <laughs> God help us. Um, so tomorrow, let's focus in on tomorrow. I mentioned we'll be speaking with David Housen. He is president of the CBOE. We'll find out why he chose Chi-X in Australia to expand. We'll be speaking with Anthony Kavanaugh, who's a portfolio manager at Chester Asset Management. And uh, also Junbei Liu from Tribeca Investment Partners and Adam Dawes from Shaw and Partners will be joining us at noon. I'm looking forward to that one. And we will round out the day with a little chat with Shane Oliver, Head of Investment Strategy at AMP. It'll all be good tomorrow, Scotty. Your last day in the AusBiz newsroom for about a month. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, yeah, hopefully not Uh, not forever. Um, Yeah, but um, look, I'm going to give all I've got for the last day. But uh, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to, uh, well, I'm not going to be putting my feet up, but uh, looking to go and making my brain a little bit uh, less uh, wired. Your brain a little bit less wired and your heart a little bit bigger. I'll leave it at that, Scotty. Yes, it's uh, two will become three very soon. We'll see you tomorrow. Ciao.